We are recording. Steve Keach, Darren Reedy in the background. We've got Mike Wong. And uh, it's time, we, those guys have been chatting for a while to try and do this, and we're finally here together. So welcome to the podcast. Speedy, maybe talk a little bit about why we're here. Yeah, yeah, so we're here now. We're actually in Runnymede. The pub's downstairs. We've had a, a steak. <laughs> um, in honour of uh, Tony de Butcher, who is the butcher, the, the butcher in the UK. And um, it's we talked about it before, that uh, with all the thing that the Queen's happened with the Queen this week, and his memorial was all already arranged for this weekend. And then uh, obviously uh, the Majesty's funeral is going to be on Monday. So it's a little bit weird, but it, it all ties in. It's a bit weird. But the main re one of the main reasons why we're down here in Runnymede is because is of Tony. I spoke to Tina at Peckham and I said I was going to come down. And we've seen some racing today in practice. So that's the main reason why we're down here. And then my... Uh, my business person, Keechi, he booked the hotel and that, <laughs> so we're in the Swan. So yeah, we're all good. That's what we're here for today. And, Couldn't uh, miss this weekend, really. Yeah. Not so Tony, that's what we're down here for. Yeah, we're down there. To, Tony did so much for BMX, and he, not not just what he did. He was obviously a good BMX dad, and he was good at his job and stuff, but he was just a nice guy who, you, you know, when you spoke to him and he spoke back to you, you knew it wasn't false. It was like, he really likes me. You know, but he probably liked everybody to be fair, um, because people liked him, and then he, you know, he's just a giver and he's a great person. So that's one of the reasons why I'm uh, out of the north and in the south this weekend, basically. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And then with you uh, coming, arranged to come as well. That's all bonuses, all bonuses. Keechy got, yeah. got my room as well. Yeah, he's the uh, the travel agent of. That's uh, it. He's the Gary Ellis. Yeah, yeah, he is adventure. Adventure traveller. Exactly. <laughs> well, us three have known each other. Obviously, Mike there in the background as well. Known each other for a, a hell of a long time. We've been in a, a lot of trouble together when we was younger. Fun trouble, nothing too bad. But we yeah. we definitely Good you trouble. know toured around England. We did the national circuit together. We've all got same friends, same stories, all all still friends, which is still great, and everyone's still involved. Um, you two guys are, yeah, still Reedy, GTT manager, Keechi, GTT Marada. GT sticker deal. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you yourself, Keechi, how long have you been on GT? Since we was on GT, right? Oh, yeah, GHP and GT, I mean, the main people, really. So 30 years, yeah, probably, when yeah. did the, the first one. Started in uh, late 84, 85, so yeah. kept it going, yeah. Really, talk about a little bit your history. Obviously, very su one. successful and ongoing career, right? Northwest, yeah. racing with Dylan Clayton as a little kid and battling with, uh, yeah, such a tough age group. So maybe talk yeah. about those early early days in Wigan and uh, the Northwest and, yeah, moving through the ranks yeah. in the Nationals. Yeah, you know, we, we, we start racing and, you know, you see most people's stories are like, you, if you start racing in 1983, you always mention E.T. in the film and then, you know, you get back for Christmas in 82, it's the sort of same story when BMX is coming around. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened to me. But then uh, I started actually racing because uh, a lad who was in my school did the racing, uh, a lad called Anthony Brennan. And then my mum, my mum or my dad must have asked his mum, where'd you go racing? Because we knew he raced. So then it was the, it was the John Lee track at Copper, uh, Chorley. The first one, the right? The first one yeah. in, the, in the quarry. And uh, by then, that was already, you know, a, a really good... Um, established, yeah. Established place, yeah. you know. So my first race on my heavy bike from Christmas was sort of 1983, on my birthday, actually. I was nine, so off to the track. I remember it being wet and cold, but, 
you know, at the end of the day, the outcome, I won my first race. So That's good. I guess because uh, I won or I enjoyed it, it was like my dad took me again. Uh, so it all started in 1983, so a long time ago, yeah. But win, 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 and then straight into expert, so. And you was factory talker pretty quick, right? Well, yeah, uh, before that we have a few. Joy the, Joy the sponsors yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, we've had a few jokes about that, haven't we, ourselves? <laughs> Me and Dale over the years, you know, it was, you know basically Joy the was like a... I must, uh, to be honest though, they are legendary yeah, in Wigan. They are, yeah, yeah. So we're getting the really. Yeah, Northwest, yeah. In, and they were, the shop was in Wigan, and basically, Joy Do was, uh, it was actually. A big sponsor, Nigel Page. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it actually stood for, the lady who owned it was called Joyce, and the de- and the husband was called Day, so it was right. called Joy Dad. Right. So, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's funny because. The actual badge was wings, so mm-hmm. you know it was maybe wings were around in a lot of teams, you know GTSE and stuff. But yeah. anyway, it was just a, a very small team, but it takes you places. You meet riders, and then before you know it, you're doing bigger races and going to nationals with people like you know in the in the eighties. I got to know Andy Roberts, who was on the team, and Andy Roberts. Then we were sharing races down south in his camper van with my dad and his dad. So. No matter how big the team is, you know, you meet people in different teams and where you start out and they don't have to be big factory teams, you know, you benefit from any team. So going to races like down to Slough and Bournemouth with like Andy Roberts and I met Damien Miles when I first started racing, he was like one of my people I used to look up to and, mm-hmm. and it, you know, we were travelling down to nationals together, you know, so I still like, I'm not... You know, I'm I'm not a big factory team person all the time. You know, you take the, if someone notices you want to give you stuff and race you, race their kit. That's good. You know, so mm-hmm. it always leads to another thing. So your question about talker that came a few years, a few years later after racing, UK the big two UK BMX series with there's never any bigger than the Swept series was mm-hmm. there really? They yeah. were, they were the. You know, prime years, years, it was massive, like 1,400 riders in the UK BMX Association. So if you raced them years and you did well, you just, I think that's where every age group was so deep. And then it it just, I don't know, it's deep now. It's like it is now, but I don't know. It's just that we were massive, 14 nationals worthy a year and... And then that led me, racing them nationals and doing well, led me to the Talker, which was uh, my first big branded sponsor. Obviously, yeah. Alan Woods yeah. and already had a great team, yeah. Talker and obviously yeah. Robinson as well. So it must have been pretty cool to be on that team, right? Was Dylan on Robinson when you was on Talker? Or uh, Dylan already gone to Mongoose? No, he'd gone to yeah. Mongoose. So yeah. Dylan raced for Robinson the year before, in about 84. Right. And he just came on the scene, I'd raced Dylan in, in like before he went big time. Robinson because he was he raced the Wigan National he was so good at this Wigan National and then Allens knew it and he was on a talker I think was he at the time when he did his first national I think he said that yeah yeah he was on a talker and then he and he got hooked up with Robinson and then so it was a few years later but when when um, I raced a Wednesday night meeting at uh, did it regular at Wigan and Tony Fleming who was on the just been on the talker team and Tony Holland was still involved and Chris Wellsby and it was a massive thing to be, yeah, yeah. you know, talker in Allens and all the rest of it. It was, a, it was a massive thing. It still is now. But I remember getting 
sort of warned that I was going to be watched mm -hmm. uh, for a sort of picking up off a talker at Whitehaven National. Mm -hmm. This is how it came about. And my dad was told that, oh, with Tony Fleming had said that he'd never seen anybody beat Dylan Clayton. Mm -hmm. And I'd beat him on a Wednesday night or something. So to get told, oh, you know, you've got to do well. He might get a chance of a sponsor. I was like, whatever, you know, I'm just racing. I always try hard. And then I actually won. Mm -hmm. Whitehaven National. Oh, I see where the pressure's on as well, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I won, and um, then I just got asked straight after, my, my dad got asked to ride, would your son want to ride, ride for Talker? And then, yeah, so he said, yeah, obviously. And then, and I remember going to, um, on the Wednesday before the next Wednesday of the track at Wigan, because we used to go on a Wednesday, we had to go to the shop before going to the track. Yeah. And it was like, no way. Right. Going to Allen's BMX shop, yeah, to choose a bike, yeah, I get all the to be on Talker, where my idols like Tony Holland mm -hmm. and Dylan had been on Robinson, and you know, uh, just it was a big deal, yeah. So yeah. Talker was great, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was short lived, but for certain reasons, but nothing bad. It was just, yeah, you know, absolutely amazing to be in a in a Talker van. You know, teams used to have. The big there's, vans. A, there's a good picture at Alan's van, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all the pits and all the banners and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, so, around. and just a different level, you know. Getting a max jacket. Right. I'll never forget the time where there was one max jacket in the shop, and it was like it was my size. <laughs> Perfect. And it was like <laughs> I can't really give you this jacket because I can't give whatever, or something like that. It's yeah. a long time ago, but to get a max jacket when I'd looked in BMX Plus all them years before. Yeah. And everyone, if you're racing in a max jacket or you're in the pits and, and the talker kit, Brackens, Miranda, mm -hmm. it was a big deal for me. Yeah, talker yeah. was a big deal. Yeah. Big sponsor. You had great success, like say you was in a super tough age group, as was a lot of people in the 80s. It was just all the age groups were so deep. But yours really was, you know, numerous guys went on to, you know, Nicky Lacey a couple of years later, obviously. Dylan, we all know Dylan. Nicky Lacey was European world champion, Dylan. Um, tell us about some of the guys you battled with because you raced MBMXA and UK BMX, yeah. so you got to test, you know, or you got to race yeah. pretty much everybody, right? Where, where Dylan probably, he did do a little bit of MBMXA, but yeah. he was a more of a UK rider. You was actually racing everybody in both yeah. sides, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so I was, I was like swapping over from one to the other maybe, and you know, you do a bit of everything. My dad was, he took me to a lot of different races and we traveled all over and, and it kind of seemed like a bit more MBMXA at first, but like I say, we did transfer over to the Swept Series because that's where it was at, you know. And But me and Dylan, you know, he was from Wigan and I was from Blackpool and we raced in the Northwest. So we, we actually, it wasn't like the magazine stuff, but we raced probably, you know, once a month or more than what people thought. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you've not got all them other riders, you know, we did stand out. And don't get me wrong, Dylan came on the scene and, you know, he, he was one of them riders who was just naturally talented and he mm -hmm. was winning a lot of the stuff once he got on that Robinson bike because, you know, he was it was tailored for him. He was on the Danny Nelson Robson, Robinson and uh, it just suited him and he was just a phenomenal rider. But we raced in the local races and there's nothing in it. You know, I'd beat mm -hmm. him, he'd beat me. But to be fair, you know, we did have a good run of uh, winning about 12 nationals one year. And he's like when CJ, CJ Butler. Yes. So, yeah, you've got CJ Butler. You've got um, Ewan Thomas, Mark Gleed. Mm -hmm. oh, so deep the class was. Stephen was like Percy. 10, went around Stephen too long. Percy yeah, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the, like a little bit later in the 80s, 87, Jamie Bonas. Mm -hmm. People who would, 
you know, they would all win here and there. And, you know, uh, it wasn't like you say, there was, every class was so deep, but I'm trying to think now there was, so, I mean, when I started, I started quite, if, if the only, if you started 1983, you classed that as like early, I think, in BMX. There was 81 yeah. and 82. and mm -hmm. But if you started in 83, and I remember going to BMXA Nationals, and it was a guy called Richard Hunt. Yeah. Before Dylan and me, it was Corey Tennant. Yeah, yeah. You Birmingham know, it guys. was mega. Yeah. They, they were like Corey Tennant with a baseball helmet. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jason uh, obviously Spur. Dan, Jason Spur was yeah. big. And, yeah. You know, these riders were like, oh, you know, we're, they were the elite riders in our class. And yeah. it was like, you just think, you're rocking up on your heavy bike and you're probably never going to beat them. Mm. But then within a few years, we were the new guys. We were winning, you know, yeah, we were the yeah. ones to beat and stuff. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the class, Mark Glead, so strong. Nick Lacey, a little bit later on, mm -hmm. came good, but he was always around there in the mid-80s. Um, just, yeah, Ewan Thomas went on to be a, the runner. Mm -hmm. He was always good. He was always there with the results. There's so many, so many riders, but yeah, I remember the early days and then the mid days and Mark Sop, his dad run the team, ASR. ASR there, was, yeah. there was so many riders just on it. Crystal Warren, some uh, CW, Martin Upshaw, who I bumped into. Okay. Martin Upshaw, I bumped into him at Bournemouth Bricks. Oh, you did? Yeah, and he's like, Is he a police cop or something, please? Uh, he works for BMW. Okay. Uh, he's like a BMW. Maybe deal the brother. Manager. I race. I race the brother Paul. You race yeah. the brother Paul. Yeah. He's into a lot of road biking at the moment. Okay. They they were saying they had a niece or something that's well into the road biking and she's going to make it. So they're on the road with her and they're trying to keep up. You know, funny stories. We're in our forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty, but yeah, there's so <laughs> many riders in that class. So yeah, we um, CJ phenomenal rider. Mm -hmm. Um, I love I I loved racing him. We was at Teesside Airport. In 1984, it had gone dark, and his dad stood out, and we was in the pens, and um, my dad talked to his dad, and it was his first national, CJ Butler, and he got to the final, and I got to the final, I think I got fourth or something, and it was dark and a bit wet, and mm -hmm. it was the first year where there was March and Ruffle, the superclass. 84 then. 84, yeah. massive national, and CJ won the final, and I got fourth, and then obviously we went on from years later to mm -hmm. race in and out. But Dylan, me, CJ, Mark Gleed, I think they were Percy, Bonest. There's so many riders, yeah, so many riders. During the 80s, you, like you say earlier, you, you raced both federations, you had a lot of success, both sides. What stands out, man? Maybe the pre elite, you know, what stands out result wise, you know, at championships, yeah. British championships, national championships. What was one that you were really proud of winning or doing um, good at? I think I'd always been there, like winning sort of races and always regional to the person to beat. And I was always number three or something. What did I go for? I went to two. Percy, who you mentioned, he mm. won number one in. NBMXA in 1987 mm -hmm. and then going into 88 I was on the thruster thing that was because we went sort of back to NBMXA that was the reason why I wasn't on talker too long it's more of a UK team mm -hmm. but I went back to the NBMXA to do that series there's less nationals and less cost I think and then in going into 1988 I was 14-ish 13-14 I was quite a big lad I was always a big lad younger like my daughters i say to them that's why you're 
you've grown quick younger you've got my gene I yeah was big yeah you were soon yeah. as i was but i'm not really much bigger now than i was then right you know? at the so time it seemed like at the that. time i was matey in blackpool with trev stanford mm -hmm. and i was still like 13 14 but they got me in the gym and i uh, didn't do <laughs> much and i was lifting mm. sort of like they built me up and yeah. over the winter and I was just doing it for something to do, but that was, I was—I remember lifting like a lot of weight, like not far off them, and they were twenty. Yeah. And I was like fourteen, and they had me doing quite a lot. It was like a bit of a challenge for them. So going into nineteen eighty-eight, I was like, I felt really strong on my bike. I just thought there's no way anybody can beat me mm -hmm. this year. There's no way. I was like racing and practicing with like Kim Corbett. Yeah. It was, it was fast. a fast adult, you know, yourself and Trevor. Yeah. I probably wasn't like Gary Morgan and I was 14. It was huge. He was yeah. fast on the first straight. Yeah. yeah. Very good first straight. Massive wide bars. Yeah. You know. yeah. So, so going into 88, we had an Alveston first national. I was just ready for it. I'd grown a bit. I just felt, I felt like I had a few muscles to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, I always thought I was a bit of a fat kid when I was younger. But then when I look back on pictures now, I wasn't, I was a bit of a unit. I yeah. Suppose. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, anyway, going into 88, going to the first national, NBMXA, good turnout, not everybody like crossing over from UK to, but I just thought I'm not going to lose this. I think I mm. remember saying to myself, this is mine before I'd even raced. Yeah. And I was smashing it and I, and I won, and I won cruiser and I won 20 inch and I was like, this is it. And once you've won that, you've made that break from number two to number three, battling with Dylan in the winter, doing all that stuff. No, I'm having this now. Yeah. You know, I, this this extra strength, I think it did work. And then got on to the next national, we've got Tamworth or somewhere, and then I just smashed it again, just doubled it, cruiser 20. And so the highlight of winning something so much, we talked about it today, the last national, the last time I was in running me, was the last national in 1988. Mm -hmm. And it was a big turnout. So Dylan would do a few... It was good to win that year because people crossed over and they did the extra nationals where they could. So Dylan would be at like Red Car or something and then Nick Lacey and Dylan and all the rest was at the last national. So Wasn't it was like, the one where everyone came together though for that? Yes, that last national, 88 national here. Yeah, that was yeah. it was a very uh, yeah. bit of both. Because yeah. 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 we're in UK BMX land really, you know, yeah. in, in their town really. This is yeah. kind of... Yes. That's it, because yeah. it was a South National. Yeah. And it wasn't double booked. So everybody was there. Yeah, so I they was, was like, do you know what? I want to finish on a win. Yeah. And the pressure's kind of on. I've done it before. I know I can beat everyone. And um I did. I won I won the I missed the national at Western Supermare. Do you remember that national? I didn't go to it, but I know there was one, yeah. I missed that yeah. one because I was on holiday. So the best season on record was probably eighty-eight because I won every national. I wasn't winning in the last final. I remember Nick Lacey winning. And I passed him on the corner, last corner of the straight. And winning that one was kind of, do you know what? I've done swept series. I've gone back to NBMXA, but you know, I've just beaten you all. Mm. And and that was a big thing for me. Yeah. So that was probably, and then the Worlds, the Fiat Worlds in the Belgium. Did you get second? I got second. That was an 88 race. Won. Um Well, the favourite to win was Gary DeBacca, yeah. Mongoose. Yeah. And Shelby was there, but because of the age, the funny age, he was in a different age where yeah. I'd raced him in Slough, but I wasn't racing him in... Fiac, yeah. He must have been age on the day. Age on the day, yeah. Like, so Gary DeBacca was the big Mongoose rider at America. So he was kind of the favourite. He won two finals. We raced three finals. Yeah. And he crashed in the last final. Yeah. And I think I was in second. And then this guy from Canada, 
ended up winning the last final and we'd split second, third. So I got second. Yeah. So yeah. Who's the Canadian guy? Remember his name? I don't know what his name was. It's in BMX Plus somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there is I that. missed out by half a wheel. Oh. And then I would have had two, a first and two, a second and a third, and he ended up, you know, it was all on the last one. Yeah. But anyway, it was still world number two. Yeah, yeah. 13 boys and national number one on 20-inch and cruiser. Yeah. So no. that was considered a really good year before Elite. Yeah, no. All right, well, let's talk a little about moving into Elite then. So did you quit for a little bit? Yeah, or? yeah, I quit after the, uh, yeah, I quit in, when the sanctions joined in 89. 89. I had a number one on my plate, yeah. and I think Dylan had a number one on his plate. Yeah. And we went to some Alveston or Slough, I can't remember. It was Slough. Slough, was it? Yeah. And it was all a bit hyped up, and I don't know, I'd got the number one, and I must admit, I probably didn't ride much or something. I can't remember, it wasn't yeah. important, but I raced, and I think we was both a bit, I think there was new people, I think, not new people that were winning all the time, but I think Lacey had stepped it up then. Yeah. And then we basically, cut a long story short, they did the first national, second national, none of us won. I think we all both looked good on the day, but somebody mm. else won. And then they went to Scotland and I didn't go to Scotland. I don't know why. And then they just, they split sanctions and then I didn't race after that for a few years. Yeah. But when so, you did come back, you came back strong and it was elite, right? Uh, elite. It uh, was super class. Yeah, probably. kind of 18. Yeah. I got like working and passed my test so then I could get to the races again. Yeah. So I passed my test and went to watch a Wigan National and then they were all doing it and everyone's doing it and you go, yeah. oh, come with us to the next one. And you're like, bike out the shed a bit rusty. Uh -huh. And then, you know, maybe do a few nationals and then in... Started again in 92, 93, you know, everyone was still, Dylan was super fast and Bones was fast, they're still in 17s or 18s. Oh, so you did, that, you did that a little bit more. Yeah, I did yeah, that okay, before yeah. Elite a few years later. We did super, um, what was that class called? It, the Me and Dylan did the, uh, the money. Oh, the, okay, yeah. Sports yeah. class. Sports class, which was kind of a B pro. Yeah. It was a, a good feeder class between amateur and super yeah, class. Yeah, that, I think it was a bit designed by... Uh, Billy. Right, to keep Dylan so in there. So keep Dylan in there <laughs> yeah. before to get his bonuses for winning. Right. So. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't remember that. Yeah. I remember yeah. that actually. Now I think about it. Extra. But you know yeah. what? Do you know what? I, I'm kind of... I, I don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like... You know, Billy. Billy's sound, you know, he right. got us a bit of money for that class. And yeah. was, I wasn't ready to go elite then. I'd only been back to well, a Dylan, for the ones listening, Dylan Clayton had just signed a... At the time, a, a big deal was Sun. Obviously, Sun was the team then. It was, you know, Allier, Levesque, uh, all those French, Falco, French guys, Falco. Falco. Everybody was world mega, champion. Mega. They picked up Dylan and, 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 I mean, it was pretty well known within, you know, was it the UK guys as well because we're all friends and we all told each other everything. Dylan had crazy bonuses in, in, in the yeah, early 90s yeah, yeah. on Sun. And so even though he was fast enough, obviously, and he could compete, they're like what you said, you totally reminded yeah, yeah. me now, they made that class. Oh, yeah. So you say, so... Dylan didn't quite, wasn't quite, it, it was ready for Elite. Yeah, it was ready, but, yeah. you know, they wanted Lebeck yeah. to win and they wanted Dylan to win. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, that's what that it team was. bang, bang, yeah. bang, down yeah. the age group. So yeah. 13, 14, 15, their task was yes. to get all the champions. Yeah. So it's a good advert. And then, yeah. So, yeah, you know, we, it was a great class that we enjoyed it. There Thomas Foreman, the Australian. Thomas Foreman, yeah, you know, yeah, he, he was fast. younger than me and yeah. I thought, I seen a bit of him and I thought, I'm going to struggle to beat him, you know. Yeah. He was racing like Andy Welsh. He was racing Winnie and he mm. was racing them sort of people yeah. in, at Hounslow in the winter and things like that. Who's this guy, you know? Yeah. I can I can beat Dylan next year in a few races, I think. Right. But who's this Thomas? Mm. And he was really good. He was on GT and 
you know, he did turn out to be a good rider, but do you know what? I did my thing. I beat Dylan that year, the only right. person to beat him in the sports <laughs> class, and he was a double world champion, you know. So yeah. I think it was a good it was a good class. And me and Thomas battled, he did beat me a few times, but you had yeah. you had Keith Dooley, you had um Carl Olford, we had Tristan Nunn, mm-hmm. we had Stobart, you know, Stobart like Profile sort of legend in yeah, the yeah. 80s, world Always ranked. Factory, yeah. I'm racing with him. Yeah. You know, I'm still racing with my buddy Dylan. But there's these riders that we weren't quite ready for elite. You know, we, we, we were like, nice one, Billy. We'll take this. Right, right yeah. 60 quid a win. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because you got a bit of money. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, we yeah. got a bit of money. Yeah. And, then, and you know what? We were just racing against each other. So it was just quite a small class. Like Nick Gill, remember Nick Gill? Yeah, he was yeah. in it. And, yeah, you know, you had a few, a few people that were like, oh, fancy that. Fancy yeah. that class. It was good. And, when, and the age above us was like Rob Denman, um, it was a good class, Chad Martland, Darren Jennings, all people all like that. Grot bags. Yeah. All strong yeah, riders, yeah. grot bags. But do you know what? I always said that we were faster than them. Right. If we had gone in 18 plus, we would have won. Right. You know, I don't mind saying that. Well, you guys, they stayed in 18 plus and then yeah. let's say you forever, guys. You, forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you then went into, I don't know what it's called, super class elite. Yeah, the name's yeah. changed, but it was the same thing, elite yeah. as it is now now. And then we all met up with, like, say, you and Dylan came up, and it, you know, Jamie. Yeah. Obviously, it was a really good class in the mid nineties. Yeah, so. super hard. Yeah. So you got on hyper then, right? By the time you turned super class, um, I think. I think was it? Yeah, we was on MCS. Sort of came back racing. It was on that gr- uh, eruption, right? Yeah, but that was after. So we 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 went from we went from MCS yeah. to hyper in 93 94 so when we went into when i went into elite then i think it was 94 we've gone f- switch from mcs to hyper um with sharpie um main to you know rob hill who, who sponsored us you know yeah. he, he brought in the bikes so we switched to hyper and i remember at the time thinking you know mcs was great we we actually went to America in '93 and stayed with Jeff Davido. Yeah. He's absolutely treated us like his own. His mum and dad are absolutely fantastic. Still in touch with them now. You know, we stayed in the the, the textbook Florida villa. Right. You know, the the pool in the back with the netting right. around in the river at the bottom. Yeah. Those crocodiles that come out of there. It's like <laughs> no way you're letting us stay here. You know, yeah. this is awesome. We just rocked up. Yeah. We didn't have Facebook then, so we 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 went to the. Um, this is a good point actually. This is one of my memorable trips so we went to america with trev stanford ian sharp uh me myself and rich barrett four right. of us did a usa trip you and jamie and neil had done it previous years and yeah. dylan and trev was the main driver of that you know he he was older he organized it and we were like yeah yeah okay how much is it going to cost him so we're there we're in america so we we get to america <laughs> in florida land in miami and in the middle of the night, where we're going to stay, we'll get a hotel, motel, rock up, get in the hotel. The day after was a Sunday. Mm. What do you do? We're going to try and find a track. We get a yellow pages out right. of the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bike shop, bike shop. <laughs> right, yeah. Find a bike shop, rang one up. Do you know yeah. what? There's a BMX track in Florida. Right. A massive place. Anyway, we got directed eventually to, um, oh, what was it called now? Um, it was in... It was Florida track. It was in the Fort Lauderdale area. Okay, yeah. yeah. And we goes up the back of the starter. We rocked up the van. It was the Astro hire van that you get. Yeah. We gets the bikes out of the back. Kits are on. We're at a BMX track. Very excited. We runs up the back of the starter hill. And there's MCS written on the starter in paint. 
And we were oh, like, oh the, my God, the... we are in the right place. Because <laughs> we rode for MCS and we were supposed to right. up with Jeff Davido at yeah. the time. So we were like, oh my God, we're in the right place. This is the place, MCS, this yeah. is it. We, we, this couldn't be better. Mm-hmm. So then the, 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 we raced that day and we got to know the track owner that was called Ian. And, and basically, the, the Jeff was at a race and then, and then his dad turned up at the track and his dad was like, hey, you guys, you know, I'm trying to get hold of Jeff. He's around, you know, he's not got his no cell phone. So he invited us back to his house and we ended up basically staying 10 days at his house. Yeah. It wasn't even Jeff's house, it was Jeff's mum and dad's house. Right. Uh, BJ and Gail, they're still going. And then that was our first big trip to America. And so there was MCS first, then we went to Hyper going into Pro, yeah. So Hyper, Pro. You raced the Grands as well around that time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So end of 94, I did the Grands. So I did it. I did 94 and 95, wasn't 95, it? 95, yeah. You, we did yeah it. you was there as well, right? Yeah, so when you, went, yeah. you and uh, Wrestling okay, and yeah, we were The first trip was... First trip was me, a small me, one. Me, you, Billy, Errol, 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 and Errol was... Ryan. Flying, flying Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, flying Ryan. Yeah. yeah in, in one of the room. Kidnapped, kid. Yeah, we got interviewed <laughs> at the airport because Errol had... Flying around with him, they're trying to work out whose kid it was and all that. Yeah, right. was, uh, he had a letter from the Guardian out because yeah. it was like anyway, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. and we were, we were like, I was like, you know, I I was young, I didn't really know what was going on in the world at that time. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. why why are they going in that ring? What's mm-hmm. going on? And yeah, he's like, getting interviews. Proof that he's taking him to America yeah, on a trip and not kidnapping him. Right, us all the guys. <laughs> you could probably do that now. Yeah, so no, it wouldn't work now not at all. So the first trip to the Grands was. Uh, 94, hyper, and and just made being... Made the final then, didn't you? Yeah, made the final, but the thing with the hyper thing and the sponsors, you, you talk about talker, you know, thrust, joy the kit deal, thruster, kit and bike deal, and then talker, phenomenal, you know, it's good. It's mm-hmm. a good brand, and then and then the MCS was a great brand, and then hyper, what made hyper good at the at the time was... It was a new brand, yeah. and Eric Carter was on Hyper, mm-hmm. and he was number one. He'd gone from amateur to number one. It was pro. NBL number one pro. NBL, yeah. yeah. And he's got that kit on, him and it's like you get excited. I'm going to be wearing that kit. Yeah, is yeah. that the kit? And you're on to your sponsors going, the British guy who's going to import the gear. Yeah, is that going to be the kit? Right. JT kit. Yeah. I'm going to be in that kit. It was JT, yeah, yeah. And it was like JT kit. So yeah, when I went to the Grands and made the final in the JT kit, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, racing cons and. I've still got the moto sheet in the final. Uh, oh, McClurty, Michael Clurty, you know, legend, Eddie Clurty. I got to know Michael that year and obviously the respect because we both made the final. And, you know, we hook up years later in Birmingham or wherever and you yeah. just, that respect and you just pick up on the same same thing. So doing the Grands was amazing, you know, Keechy, we'd, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have done it. And then Errol organised it, and then you know, so the first trip to Grand's. Yeah, Mercedes. It was called me. Ben's Travel <laughs> because they all drove around in Mercedes <laughs> Benz. Oh, right. Yeah. Instalments yeah. here and instalments there. You need, Errol yeah. ringing up saying, We need this money, we need this money. Yeah, it was but very. We worked out. We met at the airport, didn't we? And yeah. Got on the plane. I already. drove, we, we, we touched on it before where. We just saw a little uh, clip of Rob, Rob Indry. Yes, we yeah. did. Yeah. And we, we went down the night before because it was a Gatwick flight. So we went to South End the night before uh, for the first trip to the Grands. And we went in the bar, the pub down the road or something. And then Rob was like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're going to the Grands. I wish I was going. And 
I went, well, you're not, you know, this well, is... I think he thought us so yeah. smashed, he, did, he wanted us to miss the flight. Yeah, he wanted us to miss the flight, so yeah. he was getting hammered in the bar. Right. Yeah. And then he yeah. was going, like, literally going, oh, nice one, guys, and all that. And then next minute, 12 months later, we was all going. Yes. And there was a big team then, because me and Keechy sort of went, got a bit of press from it, really, yeah, you know. Yeah. Made the I final. I did the write-up, didn't I, for yeah. the ride. Ride magazine. Or report. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, the Grands was a, a one-time... You get number one in England and then making a Grands Final, that's another notch. So I'd done World's Finals, I'd been national number one and then Grands Finals and then going into Elite. And, you know, the Elite was... The Elite in the 90s was, you know, I was I was always going to be sort of mid-pack, which was excellent then because, mm -hmm. you know, we had three three full-time, stroke four, Revel, yourself, yeah, yeah, Dylan, yeah. Staffy. Yeah. And then... Then I'm up against Sharpie, Flem, Darren O'Neill. Yeah, good. All ass. them people working 50, 60 hours. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm on the back end of you, or I'm, I remember, you know, I could beat everyone on a day mm -hmm. in, a, in the odd moto or the odd final. But, you know, I think there was only you that escaped me that I never beat. Yeah. But I remember beating Staffy on, a, on the odd, odd race and Dylan definitely. And Flem and Sharpie here and there and Revel. You know, 96 was my best year really in Elite where I was... I got conned, really, of, I think, number three. I think Flem scabbed it or something. Right. But um, It was definitely a good class. Yeah, it, was it was competitive. Class, and like yeah. I say, all those... Um, yeah, it was hard to make a national final then. Yeah. Like, uh, Alan Hill. Yeah, Hilly, yeah, yeah, yeah. O'Neill. People like that just snapping at your heels. You know, you, you're on the bubble. To be in a third place mm -hmm. in a moto mm -hmm. or second, and that, or if you're on a fourth, there's three riders behind you who want that final. Yeah. I mean, it's similar now, isn't it? I suppose. But but then when, you know, it was, I suppose it's like now where the BC guys turn up at the national and then you've got your other guys, you know, they're training and they're doing a bit of this and that, but they're not full, full time. So, you know, and then to be fair, I, I've said this a few times to you that. I've had it tough in my classes over the yeah, years. You really have, yeah. When you said that, you know, I really like, you know, he's, he's, he's right. He, I, yeah, I know my yeah. stats, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I raced with Dylan, he was a world champion. Yeah. He's in my age group. Yeah. I could beat him on occasion. Yeah. But, don't, you know, no, been voted the, the best rider of all time on these polls that you do. Am mm -hmm. I right? Am I right? Everyone yeah. loved his style. Yeah. Did Christoph Lebeck say that he even liked him yeah, yeah. more than yeah. anyone else? Yeah, watch? yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, yeah. You know, so I had him as an amateur. I go into pro and I've got you, Staffy, and Dale, uh, De, you know, and Dylan. Dylan. Dylan's a world champion, a European champion, he's full-time. Your full-time world champion won about a million titles by then. <laughs> Staffy's just an absolute machine on a 46. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, so, all right, yeah, this is the time where there's full-time BMXs and I'm trying to get number four. Yeah, and you like to beer as well. And I like yeah. the, you know, yeah. I didn't, yeah, we, yeah, that's where me and Keechy are still friends because yeah. we went, we, we went for the, to calm you down. Yeah. 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 So we, we went for the social and then, you know, I, I, I watched a video you put on a Bournemouth and I was quite shocked. It was, I'd forgotten the final, but just running up to the British champs the other week, yeah. you put a sports class final with yes. me and Dylan. And yeah, I was like, yeah, you all shot it, yeah. I was whole shot it yeah. on the outside, and I was like, I yeah. had to watch it again because I, you think you're still fast now, yeah. 
But when you watch yourself, you're not really fast, fast. No, no, no. You're like I don't like to see video of me anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just like, I mm-hmm. won't even watch a video of myself. No, I don't like it of me you know, anymore. Because I watch yeah. Elite so much, I won't watch myself because I've got, oh my I God. I just do berm so, shots. Little yeah, berm, I like to take yeah. the pump track, quick berm shot, that's mm-hmm. it. You don't need to say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, are, yeah. we are past it. But that video. <laughs> I think that video was, was fast. That's, that's, that's but that video. Yeah, no, it was rapid. It was rapid. Yeah, I showed my daughter. And I went, she didn't know it was me. Right. And I went, just watch this video what do you think and right. she watched it and she went where's that from what, what is it you know yeah and i was as that's that was me when i was in elite yeah or just before elite mm. i went does that look fast to you she went yeah it looks really fast that. yeah yeah that looks like really fast like now and i was like yeah you know i didn't want to ju- i thought yeah that's yeah. fast anyway so then I, I enjoyed watching that a few times and then so yeah, no, the elite, the elite in the nineties. But I did other things. I went to America. I made the grand finals. Mm. I had the, you know, that I've won. I've done the best I can. I've, I've, I've been the fastest guy here today who's not full time. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. still a positive, where you know I knew, and we all supported you guys. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't just get it handed on a plate. You, you had to make those oh, sacrifices. Yeah, where yeah. I'm going to go for this. I'm yeah. Gonna, Finish my engineering, but it was still never. It, it was never. It was, you always had to be at your best racing. All you guys, you know, Hilly, yeah. you, Flam, Air Revel, always because one yeah. little thing and you guys were there. It wasn't like there was a huge gap. It was just no. yeah, that little gap. But yeah. you guys were still very consistently second, yeah. thirds, fourths. And but but, but, but what I wanted to talk about it. That was when I think it was really fun in England before I'd yeah. quite made the move to America. But yeah. racing was fun because mm-hmm. we we were serious. We had fun. We wanted to win. We did, we did good, but. The off-track stuff was fun as yeah, well. Like, like yeah. I say, you like to be a but there the some hotel, great, hotels, some yeah. great hotels, some great yeah. after parties, and just all our gang mm. and you know some of the off-season stuff and yeah. video stuff we're talking about that could never be seen. Mm. It was just like some you, fun I know times. You tried to stay as serious as you could. But yeah, you sometimes you had to. Yeah, yeah. The Peterborough thing, you know, the pub in Peterborough. Right. Like, that's yeah, yeah, that was a tough one for me. Yeah, that was a whole new level of stuff. Yeah, I know you had to keep it. Yeah, you had to keep the lid on it somehow. Yeah. Somehow, sometimes it got out of hand. No, it did like certain you times. It, but it was a... I mean, there were certain times, Pontins, that's going back a little bit early, but once in a while yeah, when we had, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Pros in Paradise. And, and, <laughs> God, yeah. uh, I think it was one of the, was it uh, Mr. Turner's birthday party? I imagine Brian Eden's birthday, yeah. the off-season, we all went to, injury came up. And, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had some great, great, yeah. great yeah, times. And I think that's when BMX for me in England was super fun. Yeah, you know, it was. So you guys. In a, it was the 90s, the noughties, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, we was all, we was all grafting and making yeah. it good on the track. Yeah. And doing the best we could, but... It had to work both ways, didn't it? Because yeah. you had, mm. to, had to be great on the track, but then the social scene had to be good as well. Yeah. And that was a, that was a, that was a good weekend. I mean, the Grands, we, yeah. the Billy's oh, Grands was always Grands, funny yeah. as hell, yeah. you know, yeah. just yeah. always funny stuff. The red arrows going over and everyone was going, it's the, it wasn't the real red arrows, it was right. the fake arrows. Right. <laughs> 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 beer tent. Yeah. I mean, all these crates of beers used to appear in the tent, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And the big bin they had in the... The know, hoggy the, got thrown in. The hoggy got, yeah. got into. Yeah. Just loads of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody awesome. get up the next day and everybody yeah. on the game oh, yeah. and everybody. Everyone forgot ra- about the hangover. Yeah, yeah, it's race Get rid of the shag, get rid of the hangover. Yeah. The park nightclub and that. And yeah, that's it. I think that's where that where we go. I think where we go back to the. We used to do elite and have a good time and have the beers and then it, it's, you know what, it's just the same now, you know, me and me and Keechi get the hotel. Right. And then we go, right, glad that's out of the way, let's go and get a beer, you know. Yeah. Chat, mm. Catch up. 
Yeah, because you got away with it in elite. Mm. And we, we, you know, you challenge, you're amateur, whatever, you're backing it. You know, obviously nowadays crews are more so. Yeah. Because they're trying to hang on to doing the worlds and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're just like, right, that's done. Let's get out of here. We've got some good pictures. I always say, yeah, it's all yeah. about the photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the photos look fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Team it is. It's just, yeah. you know. If it looks good. If it looks mm-hmm. good, you get a good photo. Yeah. That's good Clive's going to be happy. That's, yeah, yeah. Clive, yeah, yeah. Tell us a little about the GT team then, because like say you guys are, yeah, you are the team manager and you guys have got a great team here in the UK and how did that all come about and uh, yeah, some of the riders on the team maybe? Yeah, so I was on, I was riding for GT a few years ago uh, before, yeah, so 10 years ago or something, James Christie was running the team and it was just a very small thing. Mm-hmm. It was like more of a, it was more of a charity team and then he did a bit more with GT and he asked for the bikes for a thing and I just saw a GT top at the track yeah. and I was like, oh, you know, no one does a GT top. Who does that top? And it was like, oh, James, Christie, blah, blah, blah. I'd raced him a little bit. I knew roughly who he was. So so then we, I, I said, oh, I would love a GT top. You know, oh. I was in between where uh, what happened was SE Racing with Shiner, Redline and SE was run by oh, Jai. Oh, okay, you're doing that, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Tony yeah. Baldwin was on that team, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That, was, that was a mega, mm. you know, I came back racing in 2008. Actually, really Mike, well. you talked about that today, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They might yeah, were talking I mean, about SE. Yeah, yeah. Jai just put together two. He ran a, Jai ran a great team. Yeah, yeah Redline Red and SE were... When you saw it, the track was good, wasn't it? Yeah, they were the teams that everybody, I think, looked up to and wanted to be on. And you'd have like... The red line team was, you know, all business. You had the hills on mm. it. You had um, huts. the huts on it. You had Travis Wilson, and they were just winning machines. Jacob, uh, yeah, Jacob Roberts, Phenom- and then you know, the SC guys who were like, you know, obviously brilliant riders, but uh, you know, more of a fun and people just like gathered to watch you and TJ. Yeah, and um, you know, and to be honest, that's like. Seeing that red line and SE team was one of the things that motivated me to start the Dal Bikes team mm. because um, I saw how good they were. I saw how, how everyone kind of um, saw those as the most factory teams in the UK. Johnny knew, knew what it had to look like. That's yeah, the thing. yeah, and um, you know, and, and me personally, I was never sort of much of a uh, you know a good rider, but so I thought I can be a good team manager. I can create mm. a good brand, and yeah, uh, yeah and I think. After years of Redline and SE dominating, uh, Dial Bikes was the team that came in. I think we won like two or three titles in a row then. Yeah. And ironically, it's come full circle and Jai rides for my team now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. But then when I came back racing in 2008, I, got, um, I just wasn't planning on racing and uh, I went to a French race. Um, Khan, Kane, however you use Khan. And I just went, it was like 20 inch one day, cruiser the next. And then I had two bikes. I'd ridden a bit in the winter. They built Preston track. I started riding with Isaac, going to crew. Uh, we were meeting Sinead a few times in the early days, uh, you know, all pre Olympics. And we were going to crew because it was floodlit and Isaac was mad for it on the bike. And I'd just hook up with him at Preston, we'd drive an hour. So then I was getting, I came back riding and I was still okay, I was good. And then you just get your fitness back and then I bought these Kuwaharas. I was like, do you know what? I've, I'm working now and I'm, I've got a bit of money and I'm going to buy a bike. You know, you got your sponsors in you. Mm-hmm. You, you got your bikes given to you back then in the 90s. And, you know, yeah, was, yeah. there's none of this buy-in and stuff. 
So I was like, Do you know what? I never had a Kuahara. Yeah. I want a Kuahara. I seen them on the chain reaction. Yeah. I thought I'm buying one. I bought one, a laser light. It was a white and black one. And then I started riding that. And then I was riding with Ivesy in the winter. And then he said, Do you fancy going to a race in France? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And uh, my wife was pregnant at the time with our first, uh, was it first, second, second. And it was a window where it was doable. Mm -hmm. It was like uh, February, she was at, my daughter was expected in March. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go for this. And yeah. I was riding in the winter at crew with floodlights. And I think, you know, most people probably wasn't really doing much riding in the winter. And I was like getting faster and faster. So I was like, yeah, go on, you know what? We'll go. We had a bit of a road trip. I drove. Uh, there was other riders that went sort of from the north. Cal, I remember Cal going and played. Flem was there. He'd made his own way. But in the car, there was me, Izzy, Russ Anglin, and his son, Josh. And we rocked up. I didn't organise any of it. We had practice in a rush. We met Martin Baxter. I recognised him. Mm -hmm. He's got our plates and I picked a number and I, I got my plate and it said 111 on it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's my favourite number. Yeah, yeah. This is like weird. Right. Have you organised this to Izzy? And he's right. like, no, it was in a number order. Yeah. So I was like, 111 on my bike. I was like, we were buzzing. I was feeling it. We goes into racing. I think it was 30 plus then, 20 inch. Mm -hmm. So the racing was on the Saturday for 20 inch. There was this guy called Sammy, mm -hmm. a little French guy called Sammy. Stuff, little friend. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Marco used to battle with him. Yeah, I know. Anyway, yeah, he was the, like so yeah. fast. And then in my class, because it was 30 plus, there was, there was Fleming there. I remember Oggy being there and a few other riders that I maybe recognised. And then I was doing all right. I was making seconds. I was making moves in these black soft corners. And then next minute, I'm in the final. Yeah. And I've got all these new fans in the crowd. I remember Martin <laughs> Murray being there. Right. <laughs> and I remember seeing him afterwards. And then all of a sudden, as he was in the stands and I'm on the gate in about the middle of the gate. And then... They call my name, and I'm in France in an international race. I've not even been there since 95 tours. Right. And they're shouting, read it. Right. I was like, I can't believe this. So straight away, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter what happens in this race. I've like made the final. But, yeah. You know, I was like, we were having such a laugh yeah. about it all. And I was going, oh, I've got all these new fans. And I got back to the seats. <laughs> and eventually, when I found myself back to the seats, I was like, who's shouting? And I was like, all oh, these like we got them to shout right. and all that. Uh, and then the day after, I raced Cruiser and I made the final on Cruiser as well. Right. And um, so I think, I think, I can't remember exactly, but I think I was the only English person who made the final both days. Yeah. And like there was Kelvin there and the, you know, there was yeah. a couple of good riders from England. I think Joey Goff was riding at the time in Elite and I think, I think she made the final. I remember seeing her in the pens Yeah. and she was sort of like half BC. And I, but I was like, I've just come for the road trip and yeah. I'm in a French final both days. You know, like in the, in the back of my mind, I was like, that, that's phenomenal that. You know, I know that is good because I've only been on my bike in the winter. And you was on GT or you No, no, nothing, nothing then. I was just on that, them Kuahari. Okay, you're still on the Kuahari. So that was a French race and then, so going what we were saying about SC, I came back from that, went into racing 2008, a couple of races in when my daughter was born. Yeah. Bought a caravan, started going, like camping with the people that I knew from Preston and Gold Coast. Yeah. And then I raced a season and they made me race 19 plus because they said I was too fast for masters. Right. <laughs> like Jay Lou, Jay, not Jay Lou, Jay's Jessup. Jessup. Okay. Jessup, uh, Lee Alexander, I think. Right. And because Flem was so good and he raced 19 plus, mm -hmm. 
And he went, there's no way, do not sign on in 19... Uh, <laughs> in Masters, no, we don't want you. Right. And we were laughing about it, and right. I was like, you know what, I'm not bothered, I'm chilled. Yeah. I'm on flats, I'm just whatever. Yeah. And I just went 19 plus and got number three that year, and then Jai was all over me going, you've got 19 plus, Flem got number two, Waterhouse number one. Yeah. And he asked me to do the SE thing, and I was like, I don't know if I'm racing next year. Right. I don't know if I want to... I've just had a mega year, 19 yeah. plus, I'm 35. I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't right. want the pressure, but then, yeah, SE, two bikes, Shimano gear, everything, the budget was good. It was Shimano from Madison, and it was like four kits straight away, four tops, two pants, helmets, everything. It was a mega mm-hmm. fair play to China. You know, China had been around for years, but they put up a big show with the red line and the SE, and I was like, SE? I'm on SE? This is like, I've never had an SE. You know, it was one of them bikes where I wanted to buy a Kuara, I would have bought an SE. Because mm-hmm. I never had them as a kid, I would have bought a Haro. GT was my favourite. That The only bikes I would ever buy at that time. Because like, as a kid, you got given your bike to ride. And then it was like, out of your choice. But when you're working and I was an adult, I had my own money. Yeah. They were the bikes that I would... And then the next minute I'm riding for SE and things are still going good, you know. And it just led on to... That went to GT after that then? Yeah, GT after that because SE finished because they decided, China decided not to do SE as a brand of their company because of one thing or another. And then I just went and bought Stay Strong in 2012, a GT Stay Strong. And then James Christie had the little bit of a team I got on top and then it went through the proper GT yeah. a few years later. And now you're in Nick Clive, right? Yeah, so then how it came about is I... Just had a bit of an, a year where I wasn't going to do much. So I said to James Christie, I'm not doing this. You know, the riders think I'm a bit of a team leader. They're ringing me. I don't have the answers. I'm right. just going to step back a bit. Yeah. You know, no hard feelings. I'm just not yeah. feeling it. So I just just bought a bike, got on it. And the next minute, another team are after you because you've left a team and they think, oh, you know. Yeah. And it was Chase. So... So that led to Chase, which I was like, oh, I don't know, I just don't really want to get involved with the team. I don't want to commit to races. So Chase was a little thing that came about for a few years with Neil Anion, a very good mm-hmm. BMX dad who put a lot into it himself and you know, he had some good riders on the team. So I was like, I like the riders, so I took that on. Yeah. But then, yeah. It's two a strong thousand, team, Chase. Yeah, it was it? a strong team. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was good. It was a good brand. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah, a good yeah. brand. And it, but then it led to going back where I am now, the GT, mm-hmm. where... Clive asked me, we need you back on the team. What are you doing? Are you racing? What are you doing? Uh, we know you're good at mentoring. We know you We know you love the brand. Yeah. You know, it's your favourite bike. And he's like, what What would it take to get you back? And I was like, nothing, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm interested, I ain't got a van. Right. I ain't got a van for gazebos. I don't yeah. race so much. Uh, right. I look like I might race a lot, but I don't do all the nationals. I just do minimal to do a world tour. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to do it. And I didn't want that, you know, and then he's like, he didn't take no for an answer. What's your address? I'll send some bikes. Right, yeah. And I'm still in it three years later <laughs> with the same bike. Putting up tents. Yeah. yeah. Putting up tents. <laughs> yeah. But it looks good, like but to say. It's I cool, think, yeah. yeah. You guys really do look factory. you got that look. Went to Pump Track yeah. today. You guys had your jerseys on. And Keechi, obviously, has been known as, you know, UK Gary Ellis for nearly 30 years yeah, now. Represent yeah. GT. It's just. Yeah, you really are a long time. I love time it. Out. I love the brand. I love everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it earlier, weren't we, about the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, it's you know, like... Whether, whether there's a team or not, it's still GT, you know, so Yeah. Yeah, I, I, my first proper race bike was a GT. 
like going from a, a Rally Pro burner I to a proper, yeah, like a GT expert from, from um, my first hookup with Rally with, cause we went to Andy Oldham who raced yourself. Yeah, yeah, number one. We yeah. see him at Chorley and John Lee Rally. So yeah. we were looking at the Rally shop. Yeah. So we get a Rally Pro burner. Oh, it's all Rally then, yeah, me yeah. too, yeah. yeah. So then it was not quite a race bike, but it was a massive step forward. And then GT, we knew it was a good race bike. Greg yeah. Hill was in the magazines. Greg Hill was my idol. And yeah. other people at racing, you know, Tim rode a GT. He was another idol. I looked up to, I saw him on the TV. So my dad, my dad chatted to somebody at Chorley Track and ended up, the GT came from Jeff Barraclough. Yeah, yeah, he was important. He used yeah. to run GT, yes, didn't he? Had, he had yeah. a lot to do with BMX Early and biking. 80s, yeah. yeah. So the bike came from him, maybe a little bit cheaper or whatever, but it was just a GT frame and we started getting the skinny wheels on and then looking like a proper race bike. Yeah. But if I think about it over the years, going back to buying a Kuwahara, I wanted to buy one because I never had one. And then the only other bikes that I've kind of bought, I bought a GT in the 90s or something, or no, not the 90s, 2000s. Yeah. And it was because I was like, I'm buying a bike, I need to get rid of this old GT from the 90s because it was rusty spokes and I'm going to start fresh. Yeah. So I went to Win Stanley's and bought a GT. So the GT thing, it's not because you ride GT now, it's like my GT yeah, no, riders like, who I looked yeah. up to. Yeah. You know, they, Greg Hill was my idol. He rode a GT. You know, if you like a band mm. and you you see them on telly and you like them, then you buy their records. Yeah, yeah. You buy their bike. Yeah, yeah of course. And it yeah, was a massive, yeah. good bike. So... The GT brand thing, it's not just you get offered to go to GT. Right. You know, it's a, it's for me, it's my favourite bike. There's mm. other bikes, all BMXs are good. They're all, you know, super, you know, they're super modern and the technology, they all know what they're doing. You know, I like you, but I like what you believe in, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just a bike that I get sort of pulled to. So to mm. be running and be involved in the team, it's, it's good because you think, oh my, you know, so many people who were rode for GT and then to race GT this year and I mm. organised getting the 50 year emblem on the back of the shirts yeah. you know for me it had to be on the shirt yeah, yeah. it's a massive thing 50 years mm. yes. for BMX the history of it so it had to be on the top and then it, it just has to look right the mm. colours you know I, I'm not being biased but when I see our kit on the track it stands out I like the yellows the blues and it's just a, a package that I can't get away from, you know, I love the yeah. love the brand. It's like we talked about Kai White in the bar downstairs. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't like, the main thing, I, I don't like Kai White and follow him because he's on a GT. You know, he's on a GT because he's on a GT. It's yeah. just he's a good rider and it's not, you enjoy I'm watching not him, yeah. loving GT because I'm riding a GT. I just love it anyway. It's yeah. my favourite bike of all time. So, you know, that's why it's, it is good to be involved and in getting number one in the 50th year. Yeah, on the on the on the big bike on the cruiser. You are a bit of a cruiser specialist. Well, no, you are. I watched you on the twenty inch thirty. You're still really good. Yeah, you're forty eight, right? Forty eight now. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Talk. We talk downstairs. We're talking a bit about the current elites. You know, we're obviously British. We're talking about the British guys. You're obviously living, in, you know, close to Manchester and stuff. You you've seen it all over the last ten years and stuff. But we're saying downstairs. It seems like it's in a really good place. Uh, some of these riders and obviously Kai and stuff so yeah tell me a little bit about today's pros elites and BMX uh, yeah as you see it now yeah the the UK um, before lockdown I mean I'm old school I've done four 
four decades in and out. I've not raced BMX all the time, like yeah. like Hilly and that, you know, he's never had a year off, but right. I've gone in and out of it, but I've been around in four decades of it. And I did the Swept series that we talked about, massive, massive 1400 riders and things. And then before lockdown, there was a Worlds in Rotterdam and, and Belgium the year after where Ross Cullen won and Ryan Martin won. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was in a good place, UK Nationals. We mm-hmm. was at Nationals and you'd, as a rider of myself who didn't have a quarter final maybe, yeah. but one of the highlights of my day was to go to the side of the track mm-hmm. and watch the quarterfinals. Yeah. Because you could have downtime and then you watch the quarterfinals and everyone was good enough to be in the final. Mm-hmm. And that's where the depth there, and, and that's come off the back of the Olympics, I think, and the funding that we can get for tracks. So it's all a bit of a, like British cycling, people say it's a bad thing, it's a good thing, but it creates funding and, and the Olympics came in and then there's, you need to get sort of a facility to to facilitate them riders to become yeah. that good. So you get Manchester indoor, but before that you're building up to that and tracks are getting slightly better because everything's progressing. So we were, I would say before lockdown and them worlds in specifically in Belgium, we're just getting loads of British riders in the final. And that says, you know, this is a good time in British BMX. Mm-hmm. And then some people who like comment now and again about old school and say, oh, you know, it's not like it was in the back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking, what do you mean it's not like? It's the best it's ever been. I've been in the best nationals in the UK yeah. BMX scene in 1985, 1986. And that was me as a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old looking up to all these riders and I'm in a I'm an older rider now and I'm looking up to younger riders. Yeah. And I know my stuff and I'm like, UK's in a good place. Yeah. This is a good place. We're getting medals at Worlds and there's there's people winning like Ross Cullen, Ryan Martin. There's others, there's girls winning medals and world titles. You know, yeah. Freya Chalice was at that race where she was smashing it and then she slipped a pedal. Mm. I think it was at the same. But then we had a bit of lockdown and then so going up to that, it was massive. The talent is massive in UK. They're just from every age group all the way through. You know, when I was growing up, the Americans would win most things. You know, now it's like we've got better facilities because of, I think a lot of it's to do with funding because you need money to build the tracks. So you get funding through help from British Cycling or your councils or it's on telly. Mm-hmm. So BMX has become better because of the Olympics being on telly. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And then it gets more, if you watch something on telly, so this is where I think it was getting better in the UK because mm-hmm. of funding, oper- you know, things where you could get funding and better tracks. Clark and Kent have helped, I think. Mm-hmm. They build a good track and somebody else thinks, I want a Clark and Kent track. So they get go to their council and say, look at this, is amazing. They got the Olympics track. It just went massive after that. Got pump tracks, got beat max tracks. How many was that got, pump track today? Yeah, yeah, we're at a little very pump very track today, yeah. and there's like 50, yeah, yeah, 50 yeah. people yeah, yeah, yeah. there. And they're like, no helmets. We saw, we yeah. commented about that girl with no brakes going, going yeah. around. Yeah. Phenomenal rider. She probably never raced a BMX race, yeah, but she's style, still yeah. doing yeah. Yeah, yeah. a BMX mm. discipline. Yeah. And it, because I do believe it's because of more funding, mm-hmm. things getting bigger, you know, the Olympics, it has helped. It's a different start. It's two sports now. You can get arguing about oh, the Olympics and the big hill. It's not BMX racing. It's not power. It's different. Well, it is. It's a BMX bike. Yeah. You know, 
it's it had to be different to come across good on TV. Yeah. Because it 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 looks dangerous. You're doing forty mile an hour on a BMX. People who don't know BMX, forty mile an hour on a kid's bike because mm -hmm. they still see it as a kid's bike. Yeah. They go what BMX forty mile? You know you had to create that to get it on TV, and you need a sport to be on TV to be big. Yeah. Otherwise it's not big. It mm. is not big. So. The UK has got the programme at the indoor, Manchester, and they've had a few coaches and they've got a programme. But with that, going back to when they first built that, they've got a full-time training and Liam, Liam was the main one and Sinead's was there. And then on the back of them peaking and doing things, it comes back to the rider who is one year younger than them or one class younger. Mm -hmm. And it's a knock-on effect. So, so the guy in... 18 plus or, or junior men, they see them doing a performance and then they're trying to match that. And when I, another year I'm there. But if that person's not doing well, there's not, you know, they do look up to that top rider. And I think the indoor has given a big opportunity to show it good, even if it's in practice and not a race result. You know, it's, it's good. And there's programmes underneath it. They might not become the paid person it's a fine line of getting on that program but there's a lot of coaching and there's a lot of clubs benefiting they've got bikes underneath the container they can attract a few people so in the uk we've got that at the moment and that's why i think uk it's in a good place because of everything like you know we've got kai now on the back of their medals so this year after lockdown last year was a bit of a, a dip because there's a bit of a rule where you have to do regionals to do nationals. And if you haven't done the regionals, you can't do the nationals. So you have a lot of new people coming out of lockdown. So last year, this year was always going to be a big year. Mm -hmm. So it's big numbers back up to the best numbers again, 1,400 riders for the Brits. Because it's all on the back of everything, success and what you put in, you get out. Yeah. So yeah. In, a, in the UK, I think I consider Kai and Beth it's made a massive difference. I think the program's better. They're going around the races more. I think that, you know, they're going to be, they've, they've never took all the athletes to a European round. So they, they, they have done that recently. They took a big squad to the, yeah to the worlds and stuff. So yeah, in terms of that, just that on its own, at the elite level, you know, they're taking them there and the amateurs and the, the, the staffing underneath that nobody sees, there's stuff in place, so mm -hmm. they're getting opportunities. So, you know, UK, I think, is in a very good place, BMX-wise, nationals, regionals, world. This this year, I was a bit disappointed. I expected to see more world's plates. But, you know, next year, I think Glasgow, I think there's going to be a lot of British world yeah, yeah. plates, you know. There was some of, brilliant talent at the Brits, wasn't there, though? Oh, yeah. You know, some of the riders making the finals. Unbelievable. Yeah. They, they, like I say, going back to before COVID, I used to brag about how good the BMX was. In, in mm -hmm. You know, I used to love saying to somebody like, uh, maybe a BMX legend coming on going, oh, it's not like it was. Mm. It's not the same. There's jumps everywhere. There's tarmac. Yeah. I mean, uh, just a, it's, a, it's a higher speed. Yeah. You know, foot out turns on gravel is good mm. and but we've everything progresses you know you don't ride around in your 70s car do you no, you, you no. get a newer car yeah with your comforts and tarmac corner might be a comfort but it's actually also yeah. makes you straight faster yeah yeah so there's it's progressed and yeah. like 
what gets me as well is sometimes a, an elite rider of this era may think, like us older ones that have been around for decades, oh, you, back in the day you couldn't have done this track. Mm. You weren't that level. You used to pedal everywhere. Yeah. There was no jumps. Hang on a minute. I've done the big hill when I'm 40 plus. Right. I could have done whatever got put in front of me. Yeah, it's just yeah. a progression thing. Yes. It's not, we couldn't have done it. We did yeah, exactly we did what, what was in front of her. Try and yeah. get some of these riders of this day to ride a tours track in 95. Yeah. It's the, I'm not being funny. It's like... It was hard for me. It was hard for everyone. <laughs> it was hard for everyone. Come on. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, there's not... This is where yeah. I'm like, no, I, I would have done anything that was, would have progressed. Yeah, no. You, you know, know, I jumped Kong at 12, Dylan did. Well, I think that's why you was good. You was mentally strong. I mean, all you guys, I think all that, like I say, that whole Superclass Elite time during the 90s, because we the banter and the, the camp, yeah. you know, I think everybody was pretty, uh, I mean, we'll say we would train on a Thursday night at, at crew with Mr. Bob Fields. Yeah. And it was just good. Yeah, it was, it was head games as well, you know, which made it fun. But at the same time, it made you a strong racer. Did. So, I always said, yeah. uh, people say to me, or oh, if it ever comes up, uh, I say a bit of a comment where if you were fast, you're always fast. Yeah. I just go, if you were fast in the 80s yeah. when it was so hard. Yeah. And a mix of big jumps here and there, yeah. and a lot of pedalling. Yeah. And in the, at the end of the day, as well, you you, you did hundred percent. It was different back then. Yeah. I think there's a lot of it's life's changed, and and people take things for granted. Like people go into these big races, and and you know they they just they just think it's like a a, a day out or a weekend away. You know that the parents love going away. And I used to go racing with my dad. And I think I want to do the best I can do. Yeah. You know, my 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 sisters are at home. I'm at this race, but you know this this old school, new school. If anyone thinks that it wasn't back in the day, it, it, we we'd do whatever what point yeah, in front of yeah. us. So there's no difference, you know. Like say, I'm probably one of the oldest person people to go down the big hill, mm-hmm. and it just didn't bat an eyelid. I was like, I'm up here. I'm going down here. Yeah. I was over forty. You've always been a good, good, talented rider, like saying yeah. you've mixed that fun and, and um, experience of doing it. That's yeah. why you're still good. I mean, you still look good on a bike. Yeah. You know, you don't look like your typical 48 year old. No, hopefully um, not. Old cruiser dude, you know. Even though you do. <laughs> there's look, more titles coming, there's more titles yeah, coming. So hopefully, we've got enough, but we'll try and get a few more. Yeah, and I think there's, there's more to talk about with both you two. Um, especially with yeah really look, when we're just downstairs you were talking about all the mentorship and all that stuff so maybe we'll save that for next time and uh, yeah Keechi you've got more great stuff we can chat about as well Definitely, so yeah. podcasts yeah. will continue to go on so there'll be more conversations down the road uh, so I guess for now last last words Keechi last words for you thanks for spending some time with us tonight and having a talk about the yeah. times we spent together it's good yeah it's and fun and so may continue yeah absolutely and uh, Speedy yeah no it's a uh... It's, uh, you know, uh, you listen to the podcast and all the heroes and then you, you're sat in front of the phone talking your BMX <laughs> career. So, so, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, there's so much to go over, honestly. Oh, yeah. There's so, so much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's so much what, that's gone on. You know, he's going on. back about the Bob thing, about Bob Fields. Yeah, I mean, there's Bob to talk about. Nice yeah. to go up there. I never, well, we could... I never went, but I know that it wasn't just gate practice up there with Bob, was it? it was no. Oh. Whoever could get to the first corner first, and he mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. so much. He really was a mentor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For everybody Absolutely. and a motivator. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, he pushed everybody went the, there. The the fastest, I must admit, the fastest I was, I, I raced about three or four seasons in Italy and a couple of them were just for the, 
just for the crack and yeah. you knew you you know I might make this final but you know we've got we've done another nightclub we've done a yeah. you know it wasn't like you yeah. know alright uh, you got in this time I'm going to smash you next time I'm right. this you know but but really 96 you know yourself you had a massive title and you know what it, it, it's the respect you know Bob treated we were on the gate and mm. if you you give him that respect you know you were there you knew he was there for you yeah yeah you know he was like a proper sean was there sean used to wind him up sean's bob field's son yeah. sean used to wink at me and go i've been here all day i've done my training right i'm gonna wind him up by looking yeah. like i'm lazy yeah and then bob is like hey reed is he's my favorite man he read is right you know and he's like but we worked hard we did, yeah, we yeah. did gates 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 and that was the fastest I ever was yeah. in the league. You know, I, mean, I could get a bust too, out. Yeah. Yeah. I could bust out a second or a third in a pro final yeah. with yourself, Dylan Staffy. Yeah. You know, Leicester was my best race. I enjoyed it. Love the downhill tracks, and I remember the pictures of that race. Yeah, yeah. We, the, the, just that was to do with Bob. You know. Yeah. And and we were dedicated to his what he wanted us to do. Eight laps. Last lap was down the bottom. Yeah. You came back up. Yeah, yeah, race back you know, up. <laughs> this is why. Yeah. People hear stuff about Bob Fields, you know, that's another level. We we all need to get around the table. Yeah, yeah. And we, say we, how good he yeah, was. Yes, we will. We he will. was a legend. Yes. And he's like the Bob Field Grands. That was another reason why I was like, Cruise my favourite track at the time. Mm. Bob Bob Field Grands came about and then I was just like, I'm having this, I'm having this, I'm gonna race the best I've ever raced. Yeah. And it was, you know, Bob was a legend. He bought he's that always, best and I got some video, I sent you a couple of clips a few weeks ago. I think everybody that trained, you know, at crew was them. There was 90, 96, 95, 96, mm. 97. I think I'd left. You might have carried yeah. on after, but everybody did good. You know, the Murrays were coming into their own then, yeah. you know, and, and then obviously yeah. all, all, all those guys. So I think, yeah, definitely we'll tap on the yeah. more of the Bob stuff down the road. Still plenty more to talk about. Keechi, great as Look always. Yeah. Uh, Reedy, great chatting. And uh, yeah, Mike there in the background. Still quite a, listened to quite a few podcasts last couple of days. Yeah, but, uh, and uh, uh, just one uh, special mention I'd, I'd like to make because, um, you know, Daz has mentioned Errol recently and uh, we know that Errol's not been well, um, that well recently. So I think, you know, we all want to send our Get well soon. Wishes to Errol, and we hope to see him uh, later this year. Absolutely, Errol McLean. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So turbo out. boost. Yeah. One, of, one, of, one of the yeah. nicest guys you could meet in BMX, and you know these guys raced him in the eighties and nineties. When Errol came back uh, on the London scene in the mid two thousands, I raced him, and he was just a fantastic guy, respected by so many people. Absolutely. Didn't we look up to him on the Grand Strip the first yeah. time? Without we Errol, we, we wouldn't have gone. Without Errol, we would never have gone to the Grands. You know, every time I see Billy at the track with his camera, I look at Steve and go, you know what? We just like laugh yeah. and go, you know, we've been on holiday with We pitched Billy. up in Terminal 3. We've three. been. Yeah, yeah. We've had bags and bikes. The stories like, we've got. Simple as that. Honestly, we see him, we have selfies at the track, <laughs> and we just go, yeah. and he every year, without fail, God bless him, Billy. Yeah. He says, we got to do this trip this year, you know. Right, right. And for the last 25 years, he <laughs> yeah. said it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I'm like, you know what? You get hooked up and you're just so busy in life. But you know what? If I'm going to go back to the grounds, There's gonna be I'm going to go back with yeah, Billy. Gonna be yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he's still there. He's still he in the middle of the track that, all that, three that, days, we'll four days. We'll have to talk about the uh, second grounds trip yeah. on the next one. Listen, we could talk forever, but yeah, yeah BMX, BMX interviews, we're absolutely loving it. We're going to, uh, hopefully you'll... Uh, Enjoy listening to this waffle. Absolutely. And we'll see you on the 5th of November at the Hall of Fame. Definitely. Yes. We'll be there. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll catch you all later.